Welcome to episode five of Teach Me Tiger. It's recording. It's recording. Recording. It is recording. Welcome to Teach Me Tiger podcast. You send us questions and we call in the experts. Or not experts. We call in the smarty smarts to answer all of your questions and ours. We're your favorite neighbors. Sarah Wright. And Melody Starkweather. Thanks for joining us. Sarah, how was your week? My week was uh, great. I uh, started Zoloft. Ooh. Which is also a popular Ween song, if anyone wants to look it up. I've been on Zoloft for cigarettes. Oh, yeah? A long, like a million for years ago. Cigarettes? It, like they, to... they can prescribe it to uh, help lessen the urges to Cravings. smoke. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Did it make you feel funny? Yes. <laughs> Did you start your career as a stand-up comedian, like, after you started taking them? Because you felt so funny? Uh, that's funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm only on day three of my Zoloft, but if I don't eat when I take it, I get really high and it's really trippy. So I have to remember to eat while I'm taking it. It says it right on the bottle. That's I difficult just, for you, eating. Eating is tough. Yep. I'm allergic to everything, just for the, all you listeners out there. Um, but I'm really excited to, uh, you know, be a better person. Yay, Zoloft! <laughs> Zoloft, the medication that makes you a better person. <laughs> Side effects may include extreme awesomeness. Oh, and sausage fingers. And so. Sausage fingers. <laughs> yeah, like I said, better. Better. <laughs> How was your week, Melody? It was pretty good. Um, I wanted to announce to everyone that Sarah and I are officially in the robosphere. What's it mean? What's that mean? Yeah. Well, I asked our Google Play device, hey, Google, can you play the most recent episode of Teach Me Tiger podcast? And she played it. Wow. That's she impressive. Did it. You vo- <laughs> voice activated your own content. Our own, we're voice activating our own voices. Wow. The Cheers future really is now. The future really is now. Oh, and then also, I wanted to tell you about how I did a little YouTube research. My so I, I'm editing the podcast, and people keep asking me if like I hate the sound of my own voice and blah blah blah. And I've been like, no, Why no, are it's fine. Asking you that because <laughs> I sound terrible. It turns out. <laughs> no, I think your voice is great. It's yeah. like radio quality voice. You have a beautiful well, voice. Thank you. But so I run all of my words together. When I go to edit myself, I can't just snip a little bit out because my words are all run into one. Yeah, you're a fast talker. I'm a fast talker. Yep. Hey, see, fast walker, fast talker. Mm-hmm. Not a fast walker. <laughs> With those long legs? <laughs> Just because I get stuck with our toddler, Chris. Chris is my husband. I'll introduce him in a minute. <laughs> He's here with us. He's here with us today. <laughs> um, 
well, listening to myself, I thought basically I sound insane. <sighs> and I couldn't even follow what I was saying at points. And I wonder how my German exchange student crew in university, because I had a crew of German exchange students. Of course. How did yeah. they understand me? Your posse. I'm no Morgan Freeman. You're no in conclusion. Morgan Freeman. So I started watching some videos to try to improve my diction. <laughs> and I found some pro voice acting tips, such as uh, good posture. That's where I'm definitely going wrong, although I'm trying to sit up really straight right now. We're all sitting up straight right now. Um, she, the woman I was watching, suggested to exercise your voice by humming for five minutes every morning. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> and she said to sing in the car whenever possible. Great. Oh, that's that already, fun, I'm already right? on top of that. Yeah. That's why you sound so great. I guess. Very um, silky. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but then I also stumbled on this video about three ways to make people on YouTube like you in under six minutes. Three ways in under six minutes. How is that even a thing? But it is. Um, hang on. I, put my, I wrote them down so that I made sure I got them right. I can't wait to find out. It's like uh, how to win fl- friends and influence people. It totally is. Popular it, novel. So they did this whole little video about this girl named Liza, who's Ooh. hilarious and people love her on the YouTube. But nobody liked her at the beginning, right? I it's guess like, not. Oh, it's from rags to riches. Is it one of those things where it's like, she had bad hair and glasses, and then at the she, end of the movie, they put contacts on and streaked her hair, and now she's the popular girl. Oh, Liza. Liza. I think it's just like that. Just exactly. Like oh, that. good. Yeah. 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 Good. The end. Mm-hmm. Just right. kidding. Um, so <laughs> they broke it down into three things that you should do to make people like you. Mm-hmm. Start misinterpreting boring questions or negative situations and answering in funny, positive ways. Assume everything said to you is positive. So, Mel, did you read the newspaper on the stock exchange today? Stocking exchange? I'll keep my own, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. That was I'm, great. Trying. I'm trying. That was really good. <laughs> that was improvised. <laughs> uh, two, do things to amuse yourself. Laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> Three, kill the need to be seen as perfect so you can start to make jokes that are about honest experiences people can relate to. So, basically, Sarah and I are killing it. Am I right? Don't we yeah. do all of those things? We already do all those Pretty things. Pretty sure you just naturally do all those things. Because we're naturally it. amazing people. That's why go. everyone loves us. Podcast stars. <laughs> stars. We're going to be stars. <laughs> Sarah laughs maniacally. <laughs> we're going to be stars. Steal the stars. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Chris. Chris yes. is here. Good morning. Chris Chambers is my husband. He's the man who stole my heart, and then I stole him away from the greater Toronto area. Yay. To Perth. Eastern Ontario. Perth. Chris is very handsome. He's so handsome. Look Thank at those you. eyes. He's oh. the father of our very good looking children. These beady eyes. <laughs> he has very long eyes. eyelashes. He's like but that is true. Yes. It's like a deer, like blink. <laughs> blink. It's like you might if you listen real close, listeners, you might be able to hear his eyelashes click together. I they do sound have like like inch long eyelashes, basically. Butterfly butterfly wings and breeze. <laughs> um also chris is really smart and really Mm -hmm. practical Mm -hmm. he really appreciates efficiency thank you so he's quickly becoming a farm master he does lots of research into everything to make sure he's doing it the best possible way also means i'm kind of an irritating bastard (laughs) but we (laughs) love you anyway (laughs) we really do thank you 
Welcome, Chris. Oh, thanks. Welcome to our basement, Chris. I've been here before. Wait. <laughs> Things are different, though. There's microphones. <laughs> uh, how was your week, Chris? Oh, uh, it's all right. Yeah, did some planting and some weeding and some other farmy things. stuff. Yeah. Farmy stuff. Farmy stuff. Fish tank stuff. Online stuff. He's also a marine biologist. Yeah. If anyone know. wants to know about fish, let us know. Maybe we'll have him on to talk marine biology. Chris, the fish guy. Yeah, I'm actually technically more knowledgeable about fish than plants, but I have some plant knowledge. <laughs> Enough to be on our podcast. Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah. Later on, no, but... take much. <laughs> <laughs> we set the bar real low. <laughs> Just kidding. Kidding. We love kidding. all our guests. They're all experts. <laughs> Um, so should we jump right into our icebreakers game? Let's do it. Icebreakers. Let's break the ice because my ice is thick and hard. I mean, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Your ice, huh? <laughs> Where's the box? Here it is. Oh, you get to reach into Mel's box live yeah. on air. All right. Hey, Chris, reach into my box. Oh, boy. <laughs> If you could see one movie again for the first time, what would it be and why? What a question. What mm. a question. Can I make an educated guess? Okay. Yes, please Star do. Trek First Contact. No. Oh. If I could watch Star Wars, the first the first one, again, as an adult, I'd probably be like, this is a piece of shit. Why am I watching this? Because Star Wars kind of sucks. Right. That's <laughs> but I spent way too much time as a child obsessing over... Uh, a pretty cheesy movie from the 70s. What, Star Wars? Star Wars, yes. <laughs> oh, I was Wars. like, which one? The Peanut Butter Solution? <laughs> Star Trek is a is a superior series. So you wouldn't change anything about Star Trek First Contact, specifically? No. Why would I? That's right. <laughs> we <laughs> own it on so DVD. Much. We own it on Blu-ray Blu and VHS. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the problem with that whole series is it's, the, it's they only made one good movie for the Star Trek The Next Generation and it's First Contact, so... The rest are kind of crappy. First Contact, it sounds kind of like a sex film. <clears throat> it's a Borg film. More. Ooh, sexy Borg. <laughs> Swedish. You know? The Borg The Borg were pretty sexy. Yeah, kind of. That yeah. lady was yeah. all kind of lubed up. Like and six or seven or slippery. whatever? Slippery, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Geek-seeking missile. Okay, I'm going to read this one. Right. Oh, uh, this is a pretty good one. Christopher, you can have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? God, these questions... Uh, maybe wire ties? I'm always running out of them. Oh, my God. You're so lame, Chris. Oh. Anything in the world that you say wire ties? I'm uh, always having to you know, go to get You're wire, so proud. Mel wire. said he's very practical. Yes. He's practical. Marettes. They call you, that's the proper name for them is a Marette. Oh, good. If my father's listening, he'll know what I'm talking about. So let's, we can maybe do that. That's a dream that you could maybe come true. Get a lot of morets. Yeah, just get them and stick them all over the place. <coughs> Little stashes of morets. I could use that for bobby pins. One more. Reach into right. my box. Oh, baby. Booby boo. Ooh. Can we all answer this? Actually, one after? he reached into Sarah's box that time. <laughs> wink. <laughs> Winky winky. First time for everything. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Hmm. God, that there's only like six, right? Oh my god! Can we do a ram robin of all the creepers <laughs> after? 
Okay. Well, we, we could we could just run through them now so that I could pick a favorite. Okay. You start. Fuck. Cunt. God damn it. Shit. Was God damn it a swear word? I, I think it counts. That doesn't okay. seem like a swear. If Chris's mom is right. listening, it yeah, counts. Yeah, she'd want, okay. a, she'd want okay. a gosh darn it on that. <laughs> oh, darn it. Uh, okay. Uh, I say see you next Tuesday. Right? Right. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, in, in England, you're allowed to say the C word. I'm not even going to say it because it's so You can say it. You can say it. Sarah's taunting Chris. Like, I like how English people just sort of throw it in all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I don't know. I guess that is my favorite since it's so taboo. Is it? Yeah. I'm is shocked. It? I am shocked by your answer. I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. Do you ever? I feel like the F word is real pedestrian at this point. You just throw it out all over the place whenever you want. It's my favorite, I think. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. I say it all the fucking time. Actually, no. Time. Honestly, God damn it is probably my favorite. I really God hope your mom's it. not That's listening. What you say I say a it a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. I say yeah. Jesus Christ a lot. Oh, I say that too. Cool, man. That was great. Is the ice broken? Feels. You're thick callous ice so cold smashed Ooh. yeah it feels pretty good <laughs> should we get to business let's get to business all right we just want to know for point of reference, because this is all about farming. You're answering us questions mm-hmm. about gardening, farming, all the stuff. What zone are we in for all the listeners out there? And wait, two-parter, what does that even mean? Okay. okay. Uh, the zone means it, it's a it's a measure of how many frost-free days you would have. What? So lower zones have fewer frost-free days and higher zones have higher frost yeah. so like a zone nine would have almost no frost that's okay. like florida right and perfect farming is like zone six and seven it's not too hot it cools down part of the year where's that at england that's like southern pennsylvania kind of thing like uh just you know a couple hundred kilometers south of us okay so we're close so there's like there's zone there's a few zone sixes in ontario which are like leamington and like those perfect farming places near london where they grow all the peaches and things like that. Do they also, is that like wine country? Yeah, Niagara, they get, you know, it It gets obviously cold, but it warms up real quick. Right. And uh, we're in 5B. Okay. For some reason, 5 is one of the only ones that's broken down into 2. And uh, we're 5B, uh, which <laughs> What's means... What's that 5A? B-sides. <laughs> we're the B-sides. <laughs> that's just a little bit north of us, so they're just a little bit colder. And 5B is like where... It's a good it's a good zone. It like gets really cold, but you have enough time that you can grow almost anything as long as you start the plants early enough. Inside. Yep. Right. Cool. Um, how big is your farm? What are we talking here? Garden, greenhouse. We have we have on? a real micro farm going on here right now. Uh three acres, three and a half acres total, only maybe a quarter acre under cultivation with a eight hundred square foot greenhouse and a and a chicken area that's run by melody she's a chicken lady yeah and your greenhouse is pimping it's huge well i mean relatively speaking it's extremely small but yeah it's the biggest one on the block anyway (laughs) biggest on the block that's all we care about um how did you get started what got you into it 
you and I started uh, gardening in Toronto, and it was satisfying to have zucchinis in our backyard. And uh, then we decided that it would be not possible for us to buy any land whatsoever in but, the GTA. But when I met you, yeah. you were talking about going oh, to live yeah, and work yeah, on yeah, a farm, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. If it, you were into it before it I met you. It seemed like something noble to do, something that had some meaning. Uh, in a just, meaningless world? Some abstract <laughs> you know, job. And not, no offense to anyone who has an abstract office job, but it, it doesn't appeal at all to me whatsoever. No, no, no offense, but you're a fucking asshole. So. <laughs> no, jo- no job where I have to directly work for anyone else has any appeal for me whatsoever. <laughs> right. I can see that. Yeah. Chris has been known to just walk off a job. So yeah. He's yeah. really good at telling people where to go. When people tell me. What when they tell him what to do. I, I, I just <laughs> when straight, they ask him I for directions. Leave, so. <laughs> Chris, do this. I'm leaving. I'm okay to be beholden to customers because you can choose to have different customers if you really don't like it. But if you have a shitty boss, then that's... So all you bosses, don't hire Chris. Actually, in Perth, I've had good luck. Terry and and Jer down at the brewery were great. Overall, I'm not a guy that can work for other people for very long. He's fired customers, even. Yeah, I have. I have told customers. Never email me again. Sorry, we're done. Please do not contact me. These are direct quotes. (laughs) And now you're just working for Mother Nature. Yeah. And she's a saucy bitch. She will do whatever she wants, and she is right now. Yes, uh, at the time of recording, which is uh, what is this? April fourteenth, yeah. mid-April. It's fucking basically snowing. an ice storm. There's yeah. an ice storm happening right now. Snow. The whole it's freezing out. Yeah, fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. Other nature's a slut. Our friend Lexi in Toronto wanted to know what the most difficult part of the farming journey has been so far for you. Probably trying to farm a quarter acre without a proper tractor. That's very difficult. Yeah. How much does a tractor cost? Uh, new. Six, oh, new? Like $30,000? Used. Six to 12 with a bucket. Like Better a sell a lot bucket. of veggies, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, I'd say moving compost is the most difficult thing, but pest management, I guess. Weeding. Oh, my God. Weeding has got to be the worst. Keeping up with the weeds. Do you know what he's been doing this year, though? Constant. What's he been doing? Flame weeding. Fuck well, off. What's flame weeding? Tell us everything. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Okay, so you make a bed and prep it out and get it fertilized and everything. And then you encourage weeds to grow in it by watering it. Okay. And then you flame those weeds with a big torch. <laughs> and then that's a, that's called a stale seed bed. So you've now completely encouraged all the seeds that are in the bed to come up. And oh then you God. flame them and they die. You trick those bastards out of the yeah. ground, and then you fucking take them down. And then you're then you can like seed in carrots or beets or something, and you can actually do it again. You can water it again, and then wait for the weeds to come up and flame, and they'll come up before your vegetable seeds will come up. And so now you've sort of double sterilized the bed. It but, works pretty well. But st- hey, sterilize does well, that mean like are you killing any like bugs? No, because you're on the you're top only surface? killing. Well, you're yeah, you're killing just the top surface, but right. everything below the surface is perfectly right. Fine. Like you said, you could plant some stuff. So like the little rootsies of your yeah, carrots. you're even if your carrots have germinated, as long as they haven't popped out of the soil, then they won't okay. die because you're only making the top layer, the really like just the the top millimeter uh, uh, inhospitable. So you're telling me you can be a farmer and play with a flamethrower? I, I yeah, and I haven't got okay. any weird looks yet, but I'm <laughs> sure someone at some point will stop their car while I've got my giant torch and I'm just. I'm gonna stop my fucking car along the road. Look there. at that farmer flaming in his field. The hell is he doing? 
Can we utilize that in a Halloween costume this year, maybe? Like on the bottom of a backpack, so that, like a jetpack kind of thing? Like a Ghostbusters type uh, Yeah, or like... Um, it's Yeah, but without the propane tank, the propane tank's really heavy. And dangerous. Yeah. I don't want to so. lug pro... I don't know. My Halloween doesn't sound You don't think Holly could carry no, a propane I don't, tank? I don't know that I want to lug a propane tank around. Yeah. <laughs> Here, Holly, just press this button. No problem. Give me more candy, bitches. Listen, it's Halloween. This is serious business. <laughs> serious business. Mel takes Halloween Jesus. very seriously. I do. She really does. It's amazing. Holly's favorite part of The Lion King was uh, was when Mufasa dies. That's yes. her favorite part. Yeah. She went to see the play and I said, Holly, what was your favorite part of the play? And she said, um, when the one dad fell down and got dead. <laughs> <laughs> Holly is... This is our daughter. She's a bit a, of a... She's sort of a goth. Maybe, eh? I feel like she's prepping to be like a supervillain, like <laughs> evil genius. <laughs> she's just so brilliant. Serial killer. Yeah, like that, a you sociopath. Know, she's just a tiny, adorable I, sociopath. She'll, she'll develop emotions eventually, right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Chris, have you seen the cat? <laughs> He's been missing a couple days. <laughs> no, but thankfully I don't care. He's old. The bag is mar. See you later, uh, that's sucker. A, that's just, I'm kidding. I would be sad. Just kidding. <laughs> Move along, puss. <laughs> All right. Tips, 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 tips. Tips, tips. Just tips, a tip. Tip, tip. Oh, fuck. I want tips on common vegetable garden plants so like, in zone 5b right 5b like uh i'm thinking tomatoes basil mm-hmm. carrots mm-hmm. um you know those are things a lot of people even if they don't have a kind of a farm yeah they want or a large place, they have yeah everyone's got like a pot with a tomato maybe some fresh basil yeah. maybe like uh, i just struggle with carrots so yeah carrots, carrots are, are hard so you want to know some tips on how to grow carrots? Like some hacks, maybe. Like what's right. some hacks for tomatoes? Let's start with tomatoes. There's so many different ways right. to um, trust Trellis them, them up yeah. and things. What, what do you do? I, I mean, it took me a few years to figure out how to do it, but because I, I wanted a really cheap way to trellis them. Mm-hmm. And I would say just like a piece of wire uh, strung between two posts. Like how tall? Like 10 feet? What are we saying? Uh, like you know those metal posts, they're like six like or seven bucks. At the, yeah, the T posts, okay. and and you could have a row ten feet long or something, and have you know eight tomato plants. You just r- run a wire along the top and run a string down from the oh. thing down to the base of the tomato plant. You okay. can kind of wind it around the tomato. That's so cool. So you're not messing around with those big like sticks yeah, the, for everyone. And the cages and everything. It's so crappy. Yeah. It doesn't work, man. The cages, like the tomatoes the, all smooshed together. The cages are only good for what you call determinate tomatoes, which we could also talk about. Right. Indeterminate. Determinate. Right. So Please tell me the difference. All right. It's really simple. Indeterminate tomatoes just keep growing. They're basically a vine Right. where a determinate tomato is like a bush it only sets x number of tomatoes then it stops an indeterminate tomato will just keep growing as long as it's warm out so it gets really really tall and unwieldy and like 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 it wants to grow along the ground yeah exactly so only use those if you're going to use cages you got to use them for determinate tomatoes which will work fine because it'll just get so big and then it'll stop right just make its fruit and die 
And then you have to deal with those fucking cages, though. How many times have you tripped over one of yeah. those goddamn cages? Oh. I tripped over them like four times this week, and then I finally cleaned up my pile of 60 cages. Yeah, <laughs> fuck these cages. Okay, so I just have to ask the T posts. Yeah. How tall are they ish? Like, how tall are we talking? They're either six or eight feet or 10. Okay, I think so they come in three lengths. Like, as tall as say, you are taller. Yeah, yeah, the eight foot would be ideal. And then you just kind of pound f- it in a foot or two. Just pound it right in there. Boom. I, spread, in, just the I mean, I spread them just like I, sp- <laughs> I spread them like 15 feet apart, but I really? you know have a 80 foot long row of tomatoes. So then there's like five of them or whatever. How far apart do you space your tomato plants ish? Pretty close, like 18 inches. But that's like no in- kidding. But I prune pretty aggressively. If you're mm-hmm. not going to prune very aggressively, you want you know, like two feet between your tomato right. plants. Like, should people prune aggressively? Yeah, but I don't know that home gardeners like are going to prune aggressively like unless right, you're right, super right. into your garden. So, I never did. I only the first time I pruned was last year. So, more pruning would equal more yield, but if you're not necessarily like super concerned about that. Yeah, and it usually leaves the tomatoes are not as prone to disease because there's better mm. airflow around right, them right. and uh they spend less of their energy trying to make more branches and more of their energy trying to make fruit on what they already have. Right. Yeah. So if you can, just do it. Yeah. If you can prune, prune. It's just, you know, sort of tricky to keep on top of it because tomatoes are so vigorous. They, they grow so are. quickly. Um, what about carrots? What can you tell us about carrots? Sure. Carrots. Carrots don't There's... need to be heavily fertilized. That's one of the big things. Mm. Pause. Wait. I actually, yeah. speaking of fertilization, just quick tomatoes. Yeah. What? Like, do you f- super fertilize tomatoes or what? I just what plant I tomatoes them? in a bunch of compost. Okay, and then I, they like compost. Yeah, and I might give them some fish emulsion if they, like fish juice, if they look a little Ooh. weak or whatever. Chris oh. has all this fish juice. <laughs> I do have so fish gross. in our closet and, stuff, yeah. and it smells like <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. an animal I, died in the wall. I, I put it outside. It's outside it Smells now. like an animal died in the wall. <laughs> if it still smells like that, then an animal did die. <laughs> yeah, you may want to look it. It's gizmo. Holly put him in the oh, wall. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I once heard about putting an eggshell in each. Yeah, you could do like some calcium and and magnesium and stuff like with Epsom salts and things like that if you think your your compost is deficient or if you think your soil is crappy. If you have crappy soil, deficient compost. But like, okay, to the layman, the layman tomato grower, can they just go to the store and get a regular compost? Do they have to get a special compost or just whatever compost they have like on sale? Does it matter? Can I put manure? That should work. I don't like to use manure just because it can burn plants, oh. but sheep manure is a little bit less burny. Okay. Um, but yeah, compost is better. Okay. Okay. Sure. Good to know. Because it's a little bit of the, what you call heat has come out of it. Okay. Yeah. Like the fires. Like actual heat? Yeah. Like whoop, whoop. the bacteria have broken down some of the, the manure so you don't get as much ammonium and stuff like that in the, in the, in the mix so that there's mm. not as much kind of chemical action going on in it. Okay, it's like mellow. Yeah. The ammonia is the pee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, compost pee. <laughs> okay, carrots. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, I would use pelleted seed, which you can usually get online in small quantities. That's just like a seed that's been coated in like a clay pellet. Okay. It's much easier to handle. Yeah, they're still so little, those you can fucking see, carrot seeds. You can see these big white, um, you know, like spheres that you're planting that are... Right. Maybe a third the size of a pea, and you right. can just go pop, 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 pop. So I use pelleted seed as much as I can. And you don't find there's a difference, like it doesn't affect the. No, if anything, like carrots, you have to keep 
um, moist, like they don't, and they take a really long time to germinate. Oh, so they do. I would use, so what my method is the flame weeding, but if you, if you ignored the flame weeding and you just, you know, we're going to weed it, plant your carrots with your pelletized seed, water it, and then put something over top of it like burlap. Or mm-hmm. if you're doing, if you're doing really short rows, like a, a piece of wood, something to sort of mulch it temporarily. And then every you know, five days or so, check and see if your carrots are coming up underneath there. And then remove the... Then remove it, and then they're fine, yeah. And then you have to, like, break the soil up more with carrots, right, to get them to grow straight? Is that true? Yeah, that could be a problem. If your soil's really compacted, they'll they'll kind of get weird-looking. Gnarly. If you over-fertilize carrots, they'll get, like, really branchy, so they'll turn into those oh, crazy, like, multi-fingered like carrots. carrots. Yeah, and uh, that's too much nitrogen, people. so don't you don't want to plant carrots into compost. If you want to fertilize carrots, you can use some blood meal or bone meal or something that has lots of phosphorus in it. That's it. Bone See, meal, he knows phosphorus. stuff. Are you, knows so are you hearing stuff. this? This is oh very God. science-y, Chris. Um, and then carrots, you have <laughs> to thin, like beets as well, right? Yeah. You have to thin... Well, yeah, carrots. So with the pelletized seed, that's another Ooh, advantage. Right. You're, you're, you you can space it out an inch or an inch and a half, and that's perfectly good. I don't like to thin. Fuck no, thinning. it's the worst. It's the, I can't imagine a, a poor use of my time. And with beets, <laughs> you, just sitting there picking individual carrots, like fuck off. Can I just um, say that's so Chris? That's yeah. so Chris to say it. I love it. <laughs> uh, with beets, you can. There's actually one variety called Manetta. So you know, beet like a beet seed is like a bunch of seeds, seeds like all in a packet. Yeah, yeah. So usually three to five beets will come out of a single seed, and oh. that's also a pain in the ass. But yeah. there are what are called monogerm varieties, which I've used. Like uh, one is called Manetta Mono Manetta, uh, where only Monetta. one, where there's only one seed in each fruit, which oh, is cool. like the. The beet seed is actually a fruit, like it's a whole thing. So, but there's only one fertile oh. seed in each one, and that can help with thinning too. One fertile myrtle. Yeah. Whenever I thin I vegetables that. like that, I just feel I feel like I'm a fucking cereal killer. I'm like, oh, you're alive and you're so strong and healthy, and yeah, I have to yeah, rip you hard. out of the ground. Like, I end up when sucks. I when I've thinned beets before, I've been like, I'll just try and plant you here in this little gap, and maybe you'll make it. And yeah, they don't. They never do. But, <laughs> but you get for your salads. Yeah, I was going to say, you get delicious micro greens yeah, you can, yeah, when you thin your beets, at least. It yeah. also seems like a waste of my time. I like my micro base greens. up high and my beet down low. <laughs> no, base down low. <laughs> God, you feel I the literally base. never get your rap references, oh, but oh. carry on, soldier. I love them. <laughs> carry on, soldier. It's because they're always wrong. Like, that's not even... I think it's like, I like my beets high and my base down low. Eh? Yeah, eh? I don't know. Oh, like I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I only got the internet last year. All my references are from 1995. I know we are. It's true. All right. Next up, basil, 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 basil. Basil doesn't like the cold. No, it doesn't like the cold. So is that like the main thing to know about basil? Because it's one of those plants that seems really easy, but then it's actually kind of tricky. It seems to. Well, yeah, like you have to be, you, it's got to be fully kind of warm. It's from like the Mediterranean. June like, is the time. Oh. You don't want to plant basil as early as you possibly can outside because if it frosts, you're done. You fucked. Um, also, pick it when it's ready or else it's going to frost and all your basil is going to turn black. Yeah, yeah. Suck. And uh, you can't really keep it in the fridge. 
fridge. So if you're picking basil, like don't keep it in your fridge because it's going to turn black. Basil basically starts to die at about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. What's that mean? That, sorry, that's like, you know, five degrees Celsius. So it, right. it, it doesn't even need to be frosted. It it's just biologically starts to shut down at quite, you know, relatively warm temperatures where other vegetables would be perfectly happy to hang out at i feel like i'm just like a basil plant yeah. at about five degrees they start to fucking <laughs> shut down. and then like you can also the other thing with basil is it likes to go to flower really quickly oh yeah so there's lots of there are a couple of um varieties that will hold longer in the field is what it's called and i think like there's one called dolce fresca Ooh. that holds for a really long time which i used last year and it was like i had the same basil plants for three months Dolce just picking fresca. picking picking over and over and over again and so do you pin, like if it starts going to flower do you pick the pinch the flower well, off what or? i was doing was it was growing so fast by the time it'd been it, it had been you know producing for me for a few weeks that every time every week i would just cut the entire top of the plant off and then it would just regenerate the entire no thing way. again is it just every time you cut basil it just branches and, right. and becomes bigger and bushier so don't be afraid see i'm always so oh no, yeah as long as you basil. leave a couple of leaves on on a plant it'll be fine okay yeah. i'm always like picking like a few leaves off each one and trying to spread it out but i feel like once basil has like a good root system established it can completely regenerate the whole plant in hmm. just a matter of a week or two Interesting. Yeah. Now, is a heavy is it a heavy feeder like a no manure? I would again just plant it or like just work some compost under the ground and it'll be fine. What yeah. if you don't have compost? Go and purchase compost. <laughs> purchase the compost. <laughs> what if you don't want to go to the store? I would what recommend that you. You hate planting. I don't know. And uh, and gardening. Yeah, fertility is pretty important, so you could maybe go get some chemicals and put them on there or whatever. Like that. But I don't do that. I don't know. Compost. This is from our friend Meredith. Uh, Since moving to the country with two years of small town living as a baby step, I've found that I have to be so much more self-motivated. In the city, you can kind of just walk out your door and find a space, a group, an event to help you achieve your goals. But out here, it's even just a chore to get yourself out of the house and in the car to drive 20 minutes to see a friend. Am I just lazy? What are your motivational tips and tricks? Um, yeah, I like the quietness and the the being at home. I get up when I have to get up basically. And sometimes that involves me getting up at 6 a.m. if I'm going to Ottawa. Yeah, like tomorrow because I'm sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow Hey-o. as well because Melody's sleeping in. <laughs> that you don't have to like push yourself. It's a... Uh... You get up when you want to get up. You set your own schedule. You set your own rules. Like that's your whole shtick anyway, right? That's my whole, that's my whole yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So don't... Meredith, I guess what I'm saying is just because like it's a farm, farmer, farmy thing to do to get up at 5 or 5.30 and don't work until it. noon... You don't have to do that. Do whatever you Girl, want. Girl, work in the late afternoon if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. You might have to wear some good bug spray if you're going to do that, but whatever. Do it. Whatever. It is hard to get motivated. I find it really hard to, uh, you know, we have such a short period of time when our kids are at school that we can go do like extracurricular activities away. Uh, and my kids are gone from like nine till three. And by the time I'm like motivated and ready to go to town or do anything, it's often like two o'clock. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's too late now. I got to plant snacks. 
Got to plan snacks for the goddamn kids. Uh, but setting goals, like um, holding yourself accountable by saying it out loud. So it's like, instead of just saying to your head, like, oh, I think I should visit this friend this week. Call the friend and be like, I'm going to visit you Tuesday at 11. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of motivates you because you just got to do it because you said you would. Yeah. Also mm. lists. Clipboards. Lists. Clipboards, clipboards are good. Clipboards. Yeah, I do have a clipboard. Yeah. Chris loves his clipboard. <laughs> he didn't take great. the plastic off of it for months. <laughs> Usually things that I do well, I have some skin in the game. So there's some risk involved financially for me. Like mm-hmm. farming, I've put a bunch of money into this thing, so I have to work at it. Otherwise, it's just a loss. Right. So I have to get up and do it. Otherwise, why did I buy a... $10,000 worth of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Your sister actually asked the question in in asking how did you get started? She was like, did you start by gathering your equipment mm-hmm. or did you start farming and then add the equipment as you could afford it? Right. So uh, did you did you like gather all of your well, stuff first? The first thing I did was I read a book that was basically uh, called The Market Gardener that is kind of a book on how to farm but it's just like this is how people farm and this is the gear that i use to do what i do and i make six figures the uh, wow. guy named that was jm forche wow. he's from quebec and he i've ha- never heard of a rich farmer okay no first time sees <laughs> you should read this <laughs> book exists. i guess yeah um and so he had just this whole list of things to get but it was like an extensive list and you could start with whatever you wanted to and as long as you kind of um, work towards staying within the parameters of that system, which is like 30-inch beds and small scale and this and that, then you can collect your stuff slowly. And so I bought my walk-behind tractor, which is like a tiller. It's so first, cool. It's made you the like coolest guy in the valley. Thanks. It's like the valley's version of like a sports car. And I was able to find that on Kijiji for, you know, a tenth the value of a brand new one. Isn't it made by Ferrari? It is made by a division of Ferrari. It's an Italian uh, walk-behind tractor. And then, you know, like, there there were things that I didn't think I was going to need to get. Like, I didn't think I was going to need that walk-in cooler the first year, but it was way too much food to store anywhere else. And it was way too much work to pick it the day that I was going to sell it. Right. So the walk-in cooler I had to have, the walk-in cooler, again, was like a tenth the normal value. It was $900 instead of, you know, $8,000. Chris is also very, very good at Kijiji. That's true. Um, Kijiji is tricky. Oh, he's good. I know this is so off topic, but Chris, number one trick for Kijiji. Oh, please tell us. Persistence? And waiting, right? Specificity? Well, yeah. Wait, can <laughs> so, you be more specific? <laughs> uh, just, uh, you know, decide what you want down to the model number and the year and wait for it. And what you want to decide what you want to spend, right? Yeah. And I mean, you, there's some luck involved, obviously. You're going to have to capitulate at some point if you just aren't finding what you're you're needing. But Capitulate. Define yeah. that word. <laughs> Give up. Just say, fuck it. Okay, I'll have to spend this much money. Fuck it. Can you tell me that in swears? (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I only speak uh, the swear. So if you can (laughs) break it down to swear for me. Okay. Um, Yeah. So Meredith, maybe if you really, like if you're wanting to really farm, like really give her, 
maybe you need to be more like financially invested in it. Yeah. Buy some stuff and then you can't fail because you need to or make it or, worth it. or start a very <laughs> small CSA where you have like five members people committed. and then you're like beholden to these five people to get up every day and work on this thing. There mm-hmm. you go. And then you That's get to it. use the words but like it's, beholden, but it's not, such a good word. You know, fi- five people in a CSA isn't so much work that it would be a burden to you. It would just be a, I have to get this thing done for these five people or they're going to be pissed at me. Yeah. So, so like make yourself accountable. Yep. Boom. There you go. Full circle. There it is. So Chris. Yep. It's May 3rd when this airs. Oh, okay. It's May 3rd. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. What should we be planting right now? Like what Uh, should people in our area be on the ball with getting it? I mean, uh, Anything frost tolerant should be cool right now. Obviously, your tomatoes uh, should be in your windowsill or whatever, but they're not going to go outside until a little bit later. But lettuce, spinach, chard, kale. Radishes. Radishes mm. for sure, yeah. And oh, you discovered like Possibly that... peas. Oh. Snap peas. Yeah, I discovered what I discovered. Just uh, radishes. What's that... Um... Were we th- was it the watermelon radish or Yeah, that was the one you were into? Yeah, did you grow it? No, but I got some seed. Uh, yeah, it's got the pink on the inside and white on the outside. Ooh. No, it's like green oh. on the outside. Mm. It's fuchsia right. on the inside. Well, I have, thing. Uh, Sounds like much. I have one that's similar to that. And then it's uh, green on the outside. It's so gorgeous. Mm. Sounds like Huge. a dragon fruit. Yeah. I want to get a dragon fruit tattoo. They're so pretty. I've been drawing dragon fruits. Nice. I'm going to get a tattoo of it on my hand somewhere. Ah, I don't actually like how they taste. I like how they look. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not about the flavor of dragon fruit. (laughs) I like how the way you look. That's all. (laughs) That's all I like. So go away. So, Chris, the cold hardy stuff you're talking about, sowing the seed directly into the ground? If you want. I don't. I try and sow as little directly into the ground as I can. Oh, yeah. It is so much easier to germinate things in trays, like lettuces and things like that. Right. But, but lettuces you? are fine going into the ground, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Like I won't be able to germinate anything inside my house because I just have too many kids and right. dogs and you cats. You can direct seed whatever you want. Yeah, like anything like that. You can you in on May 1st you could definitely be planting carrots and beets. They're totally frost really? tolerant. Absolutely. And uh is there still time to to s- plant anything indoors by May 1st that you need like your tomatoes or Yeah, I mean if you you can you can start tomatoes May 1st. It's uh, on the late side. Oh, uh, if you're going to do cucumbers, definitely that's about the time you want to start them and squash anything in that family. You're not going to want to plant that outside until June 1st and they want to be in a transplant container for a month. But you can also direct sure you can. plant I just those as well, right? No, yeah, I just okay. don't do any of that myself. It, the germination rate on direct seed, it's so much harder to manage the conditions for seeds when they're spread out outdoors mm-hmm. than it is inside in pots. So if, if it will tolerate being being transplanted, then I'm I'm down. Yeah. Down like a clown. Yep. Boo. Okay, so our friend Catherine had some great garlic questions. Okay. I love garlic. Oh, yes. So. Okay. Um, she says, garlic, we love growing it, and we've had great years with it, but we've had blight moving through the beds for the last couple of years. Uh, we know we shouldn't replant the garlic in the beds with the blight. What would you recommend we plant to rejuvenate the bed? Mm. So I think the first question, though, on top of that is how do you uh, – 
not get blight? Like, how do we try to protect ourselves yeah. from garlic blight at the beginning? Well, I think the blight she's talking about is when we all had those mushy bulbs, yeah. which was actually a nematode infection. Oh, no way. So, like, little microscopic animals messing up our garlic. Uh, and it's all from getting uh, seed garlic that's already infected with the nematodes. Oh, no. And I think it attacks them sort of the second year when they try and form a bulb from the single um, segment of the mm-hmm. bulb. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I think they are just in the soil now for a couple of years. So you kind of have to not plant garlic there and then start with clean seed. Is there anything you can put in the soil to kill them? Not that, no, nothing organic. I don't know. Maybe you could nuke it with something chemical, but nothing that I'm aware of will just kill off the nematodes. That's usually just a crop rotation issue. So, you know, for home gardeners, that can be a little difficult. If you're limited on space, you can't just like go, oh, well, I'll plant an eight, you know, half a kilometer this way or something. But um, I would just leave it fallow or make a new garlic area and then start with clean seed. So, but the nematodes, will they affect other stuff? Can she plant no. like her tomatoes yeah, where she had the garlic? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. They're just going to have, they, they, I don't know that they'd even bother onions. There's, I think they're specific to garlic, at least that kind of nematode. And huh. then what else, like, is there a garlic blight as well? That's not that nematode thing? Or is this two different things or is this the same? The only one that I'm aware of is the nematodes, but I, I, I think she's talking about when our bulbs got mushy. Yeah, yeah. That was my interpretation anyway. Um, and is there any way to ensure, though, then when you buy your seed garlic nope. that it's not, oh, man, it's all just up to chance. <laughs> yeah. You can't see the nematodes no, necessarily? No. So if you get a bunch of garlic and some of it's squishy and some looks fine, if you just plant the stuff that looks fine, you're still getting the nematodes probably. Could be, yeah. Yep. Dang it. Yep. Dang. What you have to do is just find someone who has a really good reputation for selling clean garlic seed. And seed garlic. Like Where do drugs. we find them? On the dark web? I don't know. Probably Coral. <laughs> Coral our friend Coral Sp- on the Skrull, the uh, president of the National Farmers Unis- Union, might know. Ooh, we probably girl. should have had her sit in on this. Probably. Eh? <laughs> Seems like she might have been more of an expert than me. <laughs> You're very experty. <laughs> Thank you. You're one of our smarty smart experts. We'll just, we'll, just uh, we'll see if we can get Coral to write in with all the corrections. And, uh, me. I'm not sleeping with Coral. Oh, Am I right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hey-oh. Hey-oh. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, Coral. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question. Yes. From Lexi in Toronto. Got it. Can you be scared of spiders and or uncomfortable with bugs and still be a farmer? I think so. But I mean, I've had to kind of step up this game, like crushing bugs with my fingers and Ugh. stuff. You know, the those squash bugs are, you just got to pick them up and put them in a bucket full of soap. Like that's all I can do is just grab them and put them in a bucket full of soap were you comfortable doing that before the no. farming no good lord okay, so no. you moved like you became less yeah afraid. i guess you know just spending uh several entire summers a lot outside and the bugs are kind of touching you and around you you're just <laughs> like well they're not really going to do anything they're kind of gross but I can handle touching this weird, hard, crunchy animal that has an exoskeleton, even though it looks well, creepy. Like, Sp- certainly spiders? Fuck no. I'm not touching a spider. <laughs> really? No. I've never touched a spider. I've never had a, a spider problem. Right. Uh, I think huh. I probably would try something like uh, some sort of organic pesticide or something rather than Flames! touching <laughs> the spider <laughs> or just let them have it. Fuck it. Eat the stuff, spiders. Oh, my God. <laughs> You have so many eyes, I can't look you in the eye. 
but any other bug, no problem. Worms or any, oh something with six legs, just not eight legs. Fuck that. What about that. tomato hornworms? Oh, my yeah, that's God, no problem. So They're gross. just kind of plump and like squishy. Can uh, you fry that up and eat it? Because it's very meaty. Yeah. I've been Even hearing like, a lot of buzz about cricket powder. They have it at the grocery store. You know those white some hornworms. You know those white grubs that we have in the ground. Ugh, those yes. I can pick up now. Oh my god! Because oh they're just like they bite. Eh. No, That's they bite. They, I don't know if they bite. Well, I, I'll pick them up. I have a jar. So last year I had a jar. I collected probably like a liter of these fucking Ugh. things from the new field, and I brought them to the chickens over and over again, and they went crazy, right? Aren't they June bug? Um, yeah, that's what I heard. In, in our area, they're actually those fucking chaffer, but you know the rose Chaf- chaffers. Rose chaffer yeah, that's that's what those turn into in our area. That's How just they're so huge. That's just what there, there's like 1,200 species of beetles that look just like that, and we happen those to have an infestation of rose chaffers, worst. and so that's what they are because <gasps> that's that's what's everywhere around here. So because I, I mean, we don't see that many June bugs around here. No, not a lot. Are you I talking hate June about those too. giant like giant one ones, inch I am long? Where, yes, they turn they into, turn rose, into chafers. rose chafers. Yep. Let's kill them all. Hmm. Mel doesn't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna look it up on the internet when this show's done. Yeah, you could look it up right now. I look looked it. it right well, now. I see. The thing is that I already looked it up, guys. Because I wanted to know up. what they were. <laughs> what is this? Because they were eating my lettuces. They they will. Uh, they kind of act like uh, a bit of a um, cutworm. Have you seen cutworm before? Yeah. The ones yeah. that usually cut your tomatoes. So those... Fuck, they just like ax your tomatoes. Oh, uh, so irritating. I don't mean like ax it a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can use... B- I use BT to kill those. So that's... Uh, bacilli- BT? Bacillus thurgensis. It's a bacteria you can get in a jar and you spray it on your plants and as soon as they eat it, they die. I thought a BT was like when you take hash. That's a BLT. Oh wait, okay, and you hold like on. Put it on a knife, and then you put it in a in a bottle, mm-hmm. and like it fills oh. up with smoke, and then you like, like a, blade tokes, like isn't a, that? Yeah, they call them right, like a blades, doing blades. Okay, yeah, okay. that's what we call right, it. Right, right, right. I don't do drugs, so I don't right, because you're boring. No, I, I, I love. I drugs are the worst. Also, <laughs> I'm never mind. Let's cut this segment. Yeah, <laughs> let's never cut. I, it. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Hi, Marie. Um, <laughs> She's not listening. I know she's not listening. I'll cut that though. Yeah, I'll cut that. I'll cut that. <laughs> yeah, they that. were eating my lettuces late in the year last year. Those irritating things. So then you were like, "Fuck you!" Every day I was coming out to like more and more wilted lettuces. Actually, Sarah's son Jacob. Last summer, he was five years old. I was digging out a hole for the sandbox and finding all of these earthworms, which I know we're supposed to like Ugh. love earthworms. Oh, they're, they're so gross. gross. They're oh. like flesh colored and wriggly and they're soft, but they move so much. Ooh, I hate them oh, so they're much. They're so gross. Those I got used to as a child while fishing. Yeah, so. I always made my dad put them on the hook. And as an adult, I've always made you put them on the hook, Chris. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Chris is always That's on the hook. That's why I love him. He's my guy. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Jacob came over and uh, pulled them all out of the sandbox hole that I was making and put them in a bucket, and we gave those to the chickens, and that was a wild ride. They loved it. <laughs> that was a wild <laughs> They went wild. Chickens gone wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, this is sort of off topic, but Chris was looking into doing this um, setup for the chickens with uh, bot flies? Is that what? No, not bot yeah. flies. Yeah, what? Is it bot flies? No, it's not bot flies. Those it's are the ones that go in your skin. Black soldier oh, flies. Black soldier flies. Oh yeah, cool. We Where were you like cultivate about them that. and then they like literally crawl in. What do they do, Chris? Tell us. They they crawl into a little feeding thing so, for chickens, right? Yeah, they're kind of ideal. They 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 um, are a type of fly larva that really only wants to eat vegetable matter. 
Cool. So you put them in a box, and then they're they have a really big fat larvae, like larger than most fly larvae, and the larvae are compelled to climb upwards once they reach a certain size. And so you put a little ramp, and the ramp just leads to the, <laughs> to a dish where the chicken then. Oh eat my them. god! So you just put all your food scraps there. in this box, and you put you know you you let soldier flies kind of colonize the box, and they just pump out their larvae into your chicken. But unfortunately, we don't live in the right zone. Oh, they don't they don't exist sort of north of I don't know like the Mason Dixon line. You know so much geography, and I don't. You're like blah 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 Pennsylvania Mason Dixon. I don't know where Transylvania. Is. Transylvania. I'm not fucking going there. What zone is that? Vampires. Vampires. See, I just did it. Misinterpreting things. Oh, <laughs> except maybe that was negative. Good job. Yeah, thanks. You did. Um, it. You're so well, funny and great. Genius. It's good pod. Quality pod. Great podcast. Great right? podcast, guys. <laughs> great podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, potato bugs. Let's talk about those motherfuckers. I'm barfing everywhere. Potato bugs are the fucking bane of my existence. Are we talking about like roly polies? Oh, gross, 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 gross. Those red things with the little black spots on them. Well, potato bugs, like, are we talking Colorado potato bugs with the stripes? Or are we talking potato bugs like wood lice that live under logs? We're talking like... I don't know, Sarah. We're talking had... about those things that go on your potatoes on and the they're potatoes. fucking red okay, and you go so to not pick a them potato... up and they... Explode. Not a potato-shaped bug, but no, a, a, like a potato the, bug. the Colorado potato beetle. Yeah, yeah, that. Right. And you touch it, yep. and then it explodes in sure. your finger. Ugh. Like it dies yeah. and explodes? Like Yeah, it's little skin before it turns into a hard bug. It's like this yeah. soft, red, squishy, and you touch it, and the skin like... Yeah, the larvae are pretty gross. They're, They're so delicate. Gross, yeah. Ugh, it's so terrible. So I, I guess... So do, I don't know how many home gardeners grow potatoes. Probably some. Around but, here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although we're talking to a global audience, obviously. But obviously. <laughs> I think the best choice for most people around here to deal with those things is to plant your potatoes kind of late. Okay. We've done that, right? We've kind of, and, and then their their life cycle's kind of like passed a little bit. Um, so I don't know, like whatever the latest date you can plant potatoes, that would be what I would do. That's what uh, you told me that, Sarah. But then I, I don't think you did it. Yeah, and I use something so called <laughs> Spinosad, which is another bacterial uh, pesticide, like another organic-approved bacterial pesticide, and that kills them just outright. But right. Oh, uh, good. I fucking want to do that. It's uh, well, we we did that one year for you. You were I like we used over, You were overrun, and I came and sprayed your plants with yeah. Spinosad. And the other thing we did, yeah, because um, everything you read is like just fucking pluck them off, and you're like, I'm not gonna touch yeah, them. Fuck that. First of all, there's a gajillion of them. There's what are like, you gonna do? All my plants are just yeah. red. Uh, so I did do a thing where I took a big bowl, yeah, and I would put I put gloves on, so I'm not fucking touching that shit. And I bent my potato plants over, and I like tapped them into the bowl like tap 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 and the dirty potato bug larva would just fall off into the bowl that sounds like I, great chicken feed uh chickens won't eat it oh weird i don't know if it's just my chickens hmm. oh they also won't eat tent caterpillars no yeah, those are probably true. poisonous mm. they're smarter than they or seem. gross taste so maybe the potato larvae are poisonous because they're feasting on the poison part of the oh it could plant. be nightshade and all that yeah, yeah. Oh my god, so one time <laughs> we had a big garden growing and I had shown Greg that you can... Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, sorry, that wasn't the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I had shown Greg that you can eat um, 
what's it called? Lamb's quarters. Yep. And so every morning before work, he was going out and picking lamb's quarters to like oomph up his salad for work. And then like three weeks later, I'm out there with him and he's like, mm, look at these lamb's quarters. And he's popping these little leaves off oh into his mouth. And I'm going, Greg, holy fuck. Dude, are you eating those? He's like, yeah, I've been picking these for three weeks. He's like, these plants specifically? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's deadly nightshade. <laughs> he goes, oh, shit. Is it poisonous? <laughs> like, it's called deadly nightshade, man. Can you tell me a bit about diatonaceous earth? Because I know it's like sure. toted as, or touted, toted, yeah. touted? Either way. Tote bag. Tote bagged. I think it's tote bagged. As... Tote bagged as this amazing cure-all. Like, people drink it <laughs> yeah. in smoothies and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, never how does it, it never how does it work? Well, it's what it's supposed to do is that the insects kind of get covered in it. It starts to cut them up because it's little like pieces of sharp glass, basically. But um, it's not. Well, that. it's it's little silica shells that are yeah. basically D- diatoms? sharp diatoms. Yeah, and uh, it's supposed to cut them up, and then they get kind they kind of dehydrate and die. Ew. Um, I have never had a single ounce of success using diatomaceous earth to deter injure bother or anything any insect yeah it oh. didn't work on those potato bugs one mm. time we tried the, the problem is when it gets wet so that's all the time in the garden because you're wa- either watering or it's raining and it turns into more like a mat rather than some a bunch of free crystals and now that mat's kind of matted together and it doesn't really bother the bugs because mm. now it's sort of clumpy yeah. So I don't know. I might try it in the greenhouse just because nothing ever gets wet on the leaves. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't recommend diatomaceous earth because I've not ever seen any particular benefit of using it. Mm. And Snake I, oil. It, it was very. <laughs> it was very attractive to me in the beginning because it was like this thing I could apply quite easily and maybe do away with my nemesis, the squash vine borer. <laughs> but it was not effective on the squash vine borer. I thought the eggplant was your nemesis. <laughs> well, the, the eggplant was a challenge, but my nemesis is the squash vine borer. So how do we, what do we do with about the squash vine borer? Can you describe what it looks like for me, please? Sure. Oh, the, it's so gross. The, the adult is like a, is, looks like a bee, like a red bee, but it's actually a moth that's really fast and, and hangs around in the day. It's a diurnal moth, so it's okay. a... It's a Diurnal is the opposite Daytime. of nocturnal, and you don't see very many diurnal moths. Moths moths are nocturnal, so it's red. It's fast. It's kind of got black wings and a red body. Sounds evil. Yeah, it sounds like a it's super villain. It's kind of pretty. I mean, and then the larvae are like these disgusting, big, gross white caterpillars that live inside the vines of your squash. Oh, and you'll see like yellow. It's called frass being ejected on the stems. And your plants will start to wilt as the moth larvae sort of chew away the circulatory system of your squash Oh, my squash God. Plant. It is a supervillain. Yeah. Kills it from the inside out. And the best way to deal with it is to use row cover. So that's like a exclusion. You know, just exclude the moths from landing on it. And then the other thing I've done, which has worked really well, is burying the stems of the squash mm. as they come. And then if the borers kind of fuck up one part of the plant, squash are really good at making roots. So they'll just make roots anywhere you bury part of the stem. Okay. So it'll have a secondary circulatory system. And then the third way you can do it is just only grow butternut squash because they're they, they're impervious to squash vine borer. No kidding. Yes, I love. They're actually squash. impervious. Yeah, the the stem is too tough. The borer the borer larvae oh. can't get in, and so that's why we never have a problem with our uh, 
butternuts. It's only acorn squash and and stuff like and like pumpkins and stuff that they fuck forget up. your delicatas. Yeah, delicatas <laughs> definitely too delicata. Uh, what's your stripper name? Yeah, Chris. No. <laughs> too delicata. I'm irritated by people that live around us who are like, "What's the squash land for?" I'm like, "How have you never every year, every year they get us?" Yeah. So, so you've got them around. Something's like in Perth, and when we moved out to the country, there's no season that I've not been, you know, fighting the stupid squash vine borer. But also, even so, Sarah, as we mention all the time, lives across the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but even in Sarah's garden, you get different pests than we do. Oh, there's a lot of crossover, but you get like we different don't infestations get from the us. potato beetles to anywhere near. Your, I got like I've never seen anything like yeah. that. I was just like fuck. We, it. I've only ever had a couple of them on any of our potatoes. I had thousands. Yeah, I know. I remember it, they were like completely devouring they the were potatoes. De- de- yeah, you could like almost Within hear them days. eating them. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible and disgusting. Yeah. Um. So that begs the bigger question, or question of bigger pests, rather yeah. bigger pests. Okay. Same size question. Bigger oh. pests. <laughs> bigger pests. <laughs> Um, what do you do to keep deer, rabbits, mm. groundhogs, skunks, etc., out of the garden? Well, fence, dog. I know the answer <laughs> to that. We don't have a fence or a dog. Yeah, <laughs> but do you take other any other measures? Sarah has a dog. Helps. For you know, like it's really different on any property. We're for whatever reason the deer are not interested in venturing into our field. Uh, probably because the road is right there. Big and dogs it's just next too door open, too. and there's yeah, there's dogs on either side. Hunting dogs on one side and huskies on the other. Neither of them are ours, so I don't take any precaution against deer whatsoever. Um, but I, if you're I, at all heard, in the woods, yeah. Oh, I've heard that like for deer, you need to do what is it like a twelve foot high fence yeah. or something. I mean, insane. if you're really doing a big garden, I would just do an electric fence, right? Yeah, right. But uh, but they can leap pretty high. I think even if you do electric, it, yeah, they can jump over it if it's not really high. Yeah, yeah. deer yeah. Are crazy. Shoot them. Just shoot. Just shoot them. I mean, maybe dog piss or coyote. My grandma used to brush or, the dog know. and she would take old pantyhose and make little pouches with dog hair and oh. hang these little pouches yeah, of I've dog hair that. like on every post hair. of her garden. No Don't kidding. Know she if said it, works it helped. Or not. Uh, I think it doesn't hurt. Yeah, except all the nasty. We've had dog problems hair. with Ew. skunks. That That's much more difficult than deer, I think. Can you uh, tell us your skunk story, Chris? I know something happened last year that was very funny. All right. I'll For try. me. All right. I, I didn't so. get sprayed. Let's just put that out there right now. Uh, so like every morning for weeks, Chris was coming. My, he'd go and check the garden and come into the house and be like, God damn it. There was a skunk basically ruining hundreds and hundreds of row feet of crop. It was trying to get these fucking chaffer beetles, which are delicious. Uh, the big white larvae they were talking about earlier. And so I had to catch the skunk. So I went over to our, well, an acquaintance house and borrowed a skunk trap trap you know eventually trapped this skunk but i was out in the garden early in the morning and i didn't even notice that there was a skunk in the trap until i was about one foot away from the oh skunk in <laughs> <laughs> which case it started sort of digging and freaking out and i had to back away very quickly yeah what, what did you use to bait it oh doritos with peanut butter doritos yeah. with peanut butter how oh funny God. is that They're so then like, i had i had to cover doritos. it with with a canvas to make it chill out get it onto the my trailer, then I drove it to Charbot Lake where it now lives. It's like catching a skunk is like painting yourself into a corner, right? You're like, yeah, oh, good, I caught Yeah, because you're like, it. I caught Shit. it, and then you're like, well, I, yeah, I don't know what to do. Now fucking what? So, but how did you get, how did you do it? 
How did you try, like cover it with a sheet without getting sprayed on? Well, so I had to basically the there's tips online, so you have to sort of cover yourself like a ghost and then like <laughs> slowly walk up on it. Ooh. <laughs> so I didn't want it to see me, and just very I very slowly walked up with it with a sheet sort of over me, and then put that sheet over top the skunk once I was close enough, and then it. It just sort of chilled out. Are skunks scared of ghosts? Is that the lesson that we're all taking? <laughs> no, well, you you don't want to freak the skunk out. That's what you wanted. Oh right, not they the love out. ghosts. Yeah. Okay. And like Perfect. some, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The most common method of getting rid of a skunk is to trap it and then shoot it in the trap while you're far away. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Which is not without a mess, right? If you pierce the stink gland or whatever Ooh. it's called. So we're gonna like switch things up a little bit, Chris. Alrighty. Get fun and frisky with fashion. <laughs> freaky. Freaky. Getting fashion freaky. Welcome to Fashion Corner, everybody. Farm, farm fashion? Farm it is fashion. farm fashion. I hope it's farm fashion phenomenal. <laughs> farm nominal. Mm. Farm nominal. <laughs> Another clumsy portmanteau from Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Do you have any recommendations on how to stay cool and or keep the sun out of your eyes for hot summer days? Yeah, big hat, no shirt. But don't you're never out there with no shirt. (laughs) Wear a shirt. I wear. I I like to wear linen, and that's a serious statement. I'm a big fan of wearing all linen, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, all linen all day. I need to get a new linen uh, outfit from uh, from Ottawa. There's a weird store downtown that sells a large selection of linens. What's it called? (laughs) I don't linen linens. Yeah, (laughs) linen linen linen. Uh, I bought a bunch of linen to go to Thailand for our. Our honeymoon and uh, found that it was light and airy, but also protected you from the wind and sun. And, and so sophisticated. Yeah, very. <laughs> I love a man in linen. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it was great. It, uh, I think it gets too, it's a little bit delicate for gardening, but I mean, shorts and a big hat. Like, I, I definitely want to wear a big hat when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nothing, I like, jeans are not great to garden in. <laughs> no. Definitely. Very sweaty. I know um, Greg, my husband, who's a carpenter and often has to work outside in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always going to the local reuse center. We call it the dump. And um, he gets long sleeve like business shirts secondhand, like button up long sleeve All white right. shirts and to protect them from the sun. And if you wear a bandana, you wet it and wear it around your neck. Mm. It helps yep, keep I've your body before, temperature. Yeah. Uh, quite cool. And it's very fashionable. So. so is that what the cowboys were doing? Is that yes. where that cowboy fashion yeah, comes from? That's so for cool. Sure. There's also just like straight up like if it's too hot, stop. Yeah. Don't yeah. work in the garden. Like uh, usually a lot of farmers will work from like 6 a.m. to like 11 and then they'll stop for like two or three hours and then go back out at like two. Siesta. Just because Siesta. in July, there's no reason to be out from 11 to 2 in the afternoon. That's crazy hot. I actually had our farmer that we've already talked about, Alan, when I was mowing the lawn midday once. He goes, mad dogs and Englishmen work in the noonday sun. Like, okay. He's from a mad book. Mad dogs and Englishmen. <laughs> I love it. Book. He's like an old man from a book. He's got a hat. He's got a pipe. He's got plaids. He's, he's got suspenders. He's a real character. I love that guy. We love Alan. I wanted to call our friend Kat on this question. She just ran to the bathroom. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to text me back. Right. Damn it, Kat. Even just wetting a ha- like a baseball cap 
sometimes just like run it under the hose and stick mm. it back on your head. It's like, oh yeah, that's good. Don't be bald. Don't be bald. Tip 84. <laughs> oh, you can't. Don't be bald. Oops. I can't comply. <laughs> I like a big hat. Like the bigger, the better. Last year, all I could find was like a ladies straw hat at Lowe's for $11 and I wore it. You need like a J-Lo hat. Yeah, that'd be great. Like a small tent for your head. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a type of Australian cowboy hat that I really like that the, the farmer that I worked with last year had, and that would be a great hat. It was what, a really cool. It's, it. it's like a cowboy hat, but it kind of curls on the side mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Very stylish. Oh, I think we're calling I think Greg would look great in it. Cap. I would look weird in it, but I would wear it. Greg can wear the hell out of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Greg can wear the hell out of anything. <laughs> oh, Greg. Hello. Hey, Kat. Hi. Hi, Kat. How are you? Good. We've meandered over to Fashion Corner, and of course, I thought of you immediately. Kat was the first one ever on our podcast. She's sort of like the cool aunt of Teach Me Tiger podcast. She is. Hi, Auntie Kat. (laughs) If Sarah and I are the mummies. (laughs) Can I be the cool younger sister? Oh, I'm so cool and young. I guess. Am I like the uptight older sister? Is that what's happening here? (laughs) You are wearing lipstick, okay? Cool big sisters always wear lipstick. So, Kat, I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. Do you have any recommendations on how to stay cool and or keep the sun out of your eyes on hot summer days? You know what? Uh, My favorite thing to do, and it works really, really well, except sometimes you get wet spots on your butt. But um, I like to, uh, before I go to bed at night, I'll take a pair of my underwear and I will (laughs) wet it in the sink and then I will put it in the freezer overnight. So when I wake up in the morning, I just slip them on and I am cool as ice. Oh my God. So would you recommend wearing your regular clothes over your frozen underwear to go out and do gardening? Yes. Could you freeze a hat? Can you freeze anything? Could you freeze your entire outfit? <gasps> Did you just ask if you can freeze yeah, anything? <laughs> yes, the answer is you can freeze anything <laughs> if you lower its temperature. <laughs> uh, cool. I really like this hat. Marty Bent's Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have a scientist in the studio. <laughs> Shut up. Let's <laughs> make fun of Chris. Hey. Chris, Chris, no, Chris. This is a podcast. <laughs> cool, cool tip, Cat. That's Super a great cool. Tip. Frozen, even. You're welcome. That's a cold tip you got. Let it go. Let it go. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> She's like, please <laughs> let this be it. Let this train wreck stop. Thank you so much. We love you. Have fun in Chicago. Thank you for teaching me. Hold on. Thank to your you hat. for teaching us. Tiger. Okay, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. I love the end there. Okay, guys. That's <laughs> a fucking enough. Are we okay. done here? Because so... I'm on a vacation. See you later, so... suckers. Uh, can I go? So freeze your panties. <laughs> freeze your panties. Freeze your hat. Freeze your shirt. Freeze your pants. Freeze your <gasps> oh socks. Oh, my God. For all you ladies and men out there, your frozen panties might get be damp. And they might only stay frozen for a little while, and uh, they're going to touch your pants and get yeah. your pants wet. What if you froze, dampened and froze a sanitary napkin and put those on your not-frozen panties? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing you do after you have a baby. 
Oh yeah, I know. but you are giving birth to a garden, right? So same thing. <laughs> I feel like all this wet under would just lead to chafing. Oh, and yeast me. infections. Yeah, well, not for not. I would be fine. You, with you it, can get a yeast infection. Boys get fair, yeast infections, but it's I not think it's like, pretty difficult. You gotta like try. Maybe if you try. wear wet underwear for like three weeks, yeah. you get one. <laughs> Chris is like, damn it, you guys! I followed your advice, and now I have a yeast <laughs> infection. Yeast infection. And I'm PMSing. Did you just say pee pee hole? I hereby banned that from your vocabulary from here on out. That's Chris's favorite there, that's swear. Pee pee hole. Swear word is pee pee hole. It makes me so uncomfortable because it makes Sarah so uncomfortable. I can say cunt. I can say all the words. Yeah. But pee pee holes just too. My pee pee hole. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's like when people say front bum, like to their kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Right now. Oh, front, front bum. bum. Like, shit, girl. Don't teach your kid that's a bum. <laughs> also, by the way, your child is going to be pregnant at the age of 11. <laughs> yeah. From if your... she's an early bloomer. 13 if she's late. <laughs> 13 if she's late. 14. I think 14. I was close to 14. I think I was four- 13. Hmm. 13. 13. 14. When so let's talk about our periods. Chris? When did you get your period? Uh, what is that? Can we do it without me having the headphones on for a bit? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. see why not. Chris and I only do it with headphones That's on. That's <laughs> I have to have a different soundtrack. I can't hear it. Listen to the melody. You guys just love like different music. Music is so important to your sex yeah. life. Yeah. Chris wants Enya. Right. Melody wants System of a Down. It's no, just... actually, though, we do want different. I always want like quiet Excuse me, quiet like indie music from yeah. the early 2000s, right. and he wants like smooth jazz tracks Ugh, or like well, tracks, no, I want like um, you want like electro, a little bit, yeah, like, yeah. a little Chill bit more electro. bass on it, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you're looking more romance, you're looking more like pump. I'm looking to fuck, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he <laughs> wants to like, like so it. like his sex den is full of martinis. He's got like fancy martinis and like smooth beats, yeah, in his yeah. sex den, and in okay. my sex den, uh. I don't know what we're drinking. Probably just beer. It's weird because he's the beer guy. <laughs> In my sex den, it's definitely like 40s of OE. And, uh, 40s of OE. Yeah, man. So you're just listening old to like English. Old Dirty Bastard. I'm just and... listening to Old Dirty Bastard. I'm drinking 40s of OE. <laughs> Boys in the hood are always hard. Actually, you know what? In mine, we're drinking sangria. Ooh. We're drinking Can sangria. Can I come over to your sex den? Yeah, right. we're yeah, on like great. a back patio. It's a bit more rustic. Oh, a lot of candlelight. Right. Oh, really? Cool. Cockroaches, though, man, because we're in Toronto on a back oh, patio, right. so there's cockroaches. Right, right. Sounds like but a it's sexy, cool. romantic time. There's lots of, like, Christmas lights oh. everywhere. Oh, it's so pretty, I, You know, I'm thinking of a specific patio. <laughs> I love it. I love this. There were roaches. There were real roaches. Okay. The roaches in my sex den are, like, uh, from all the doobies we smoked. Oh! <laughs> you, like, roll off the bed onto a bag of Doritos by accident. Whoops! Things got wild. Pass me the malt liquor. <laughs> We're so different. Mel's so classy. Oh, my God. Sarah's not. No, I'm just, I'm just not. It's okay. I'm really not. <laughs> I showed up. We dress up to do the podcast sometimes, and Melody looks so beautiful. She's got this gorgeous sweater on. She's got makeup. She's got beautiful lipstick earrings like she just looks like a million fucking dollars and i showed up in a jumpsuit you look like a fresh 50 at least i'm wearing fresh. dirty track <laughs> pants and an old sweater i got a question gonna ask chris boop, boop, boop. zoe our buddy zoe she zoe. says let's talk cover crops 
What are the best cover crops? Most affordable cover crops. What sure. do we? How do we do this, man? Yeah. Uh, buckwheat is the best and most affordable cover crop for weed exclusion. It grows really fast. You just mow it down. It kind of chokes everything out. Uh, it's a summer cover crop. You got to plant it after frost, and it gets mowed down within like six or eight weeks. If you have problems with weeds, it'll smother everything out. Do you need to have like a tractor to have a cover crop? No. Like what ha- do I mow with my lawnmower? A lawnmower if you want, yeah. Fine. Um, and then what do I do? Like, well, I, okay, I plant the buckwheat, yeah, and then grow, it grows. It grows like, to like three feet tall. It starts to flower. Before it actually uh, finishes flowering, goes to seed, otherwise you'll have problems. you got to cut it all down, and then it buckwheat breaks down within just a couple of weeks like all of the grass from it breaks down and then i've used another one called tillage radish which is great which is like a big sort of daikon looking radish that yeah. puts a bunch of organic matter into the soil and breaks and it up just the like soil. rots in the soil yeah it just right? rots in the soil so but is it much of a cover crop like it the greens aren't so big they do no because you they you plant cover. them pretty close like it completely covers uh the entire i had a you know a hundred by hundred foot patch of just tillage radish last year and it worked great nice and other than that you can use like peas and oats and hairy vetch and such but i've never actually used any of that stuff but uh, the 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 other farmer the other organic farmer in our area which is greenwood organics jeff and joanne they just i think they just use um buckwheat and all they do is anytime they have a bed that's not being used they put buckwheat in it because it, it just is easy to cut down it keeps the weeds out and it holds the soil structure and it's it's easy to do if you're going to start somewhere start with buckwheat buckwheat so so for my garden, yep. you've seen my garden. Yeah. It's like a, it's a mess. Bit of a mess. Yep. Uh, could I just sow buckwheat in there? Yeah, I would. I would basically try and disturb the surface a bit to disturb like by what's flashing it or telling it my birth story. Well, you could. You could probably <laughs> you like really feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and then he blasted his way out of scare my scare the weeds out with horrible stories. <laughs> um, just you want to disturb that that the weeds a little bit. So I would like. Uh, probably shallow till it. Okay. With your tiller. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> or someone else's. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> also, Chris. Zoe wants to borrow Chris's tiller. Yes, yeah, that was the second part of Zoe's question. <laughs> also, can I borrow your tiller? Oh, wait. Uh, cover crops. Buckwheat. Yep. So oh, then I'm, I'm you cut it down, and then what? That's Do you it. leave it, it there? It rots in the ground. You could just plant directly into that if you wanted to. Like just make a little like, yeah. like move it. Yeah, if, if you want. Or you can till it in a little bit if you want to. Depends on what you want to do. Fucking sweet. So I'm thinking like what if you cut it all down and then you make like a little wedge in between and then it's kind of like your mulch Yeah, it can, it can between, act like right? a mulch. And I forget. There's a specific word for that. Okay. And then our friend Sarah Nelson. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. This is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. This is Sarah. <laughs> Sarah with an H to Sarah with an H. Um, Sarah says, I've been meaning to ask you guys, what the heck do vultures do for the winter? They've oh. just started roosting on our barn again, and it made me realize we haven't seen them all winter. Oh, Sarah, resident scientist. Science, Science facts with Sarah. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Science facts with Sarah Wright. All right. So I did a little research on our good friend, the turkey vultures, which are just, they're so cool. 
Um, turkey vulture in Latin, I don't remember what it is, but I know it means something like, uh, what is it, Chris? Do you know? It's Urquite Ultrave, I think. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Urquite Vulture Heich. That's, uh, that's pig Latin. It be, I, I got it. Okay. It means something like uh, clean up. Fuck, never mind. Scratch all that. <laughs> so anyway, where do they go? Where do they go? They go. They're, they're a migratory species in cooler climates. So they don't migrate if they're in a warmer climate. They can just stick around all year. But... In around where we live in the Ottawa Valley, North America situation, uh, they migrate to Florida and Texas around about. So that's where they sit. They're just like um, it's a long way. Instead, yeah, instead of calling all those old people in Canada that go to Florida, what what do they call snowbirds? Them? Snowbirds, we'll just call them turkey, turkey vultures. vultures. <laughs> yeah, it's so much more appropriate, right? It's way more apt. Yeah, they have the same necks. Same neck. You know, their heads are bald, so that when they're uh, eating carrion, carrion. Karen eating carrot. Get the fuck off me. That's Karen. <laughs> Karen. Yeah, bunch um, of turkey vultures. Bunch of turkey vultures. Uh, so that they don't get all the dead shit stuck in their feathers. So oh. they keep a nice bald head. Uh, and also, I was reading that their claws are perfectly shaped to pick dead animal chunks from their nostrils. Ugh, gross, weird. Um, another really like fun fact. their own nose? Yeah, like they've got to get it out or else they they choke. Hmm. Like they need it because they stick their whole face in a carcass, right. right? So they need to keep their nostrils clear. That's like part of their situation they need to be able to do. Most birds don't have to clear their own uh, nose holes, beak holes. Wild. Uh, another fun fact, though, is that they are the main avian species that cause damage and fatalities in military aircrafts, in uh, like military aircraft like collision. Bird strikes, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's fucking tur- turkey vultures. Bird strikes, Weird. is that what it's called? Bird strike. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's like duck hunt, but with a warplane <laughs> and vultures. Vulture versus warplane. <laughs> Mother Vulture Nature, that sneaky bitch, she always wins. It's a new series on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's another science fact with Sarah. Science facts with Sarah. What happened? <laughs> okay. And then we have another question. Not farm related. Thought it might be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A listener mm. who we won't name because we're talking about. Is it Meredith again? No, it's not <laughs> Meredith. Keep guessing. Don't keep guessing. Okay. Um, she <laughs> says, we co-sleep with our almost two-year-old son and keep waking up in soaking wet sheets because during the night, he repositions his penis in the diaper to point up instead of down. Do you have any suggestions on ways to keep his wiener under wraps? Chris, <laughs> you have a wiener. How do you keep it under wraps, How Chris? do you keep your wiener under wraps, Chris? Chastity belts I babies. tape mine down so that my boners <laughs> don't slap me in the face during the night. Oh, <laughs> huge dick reference. Large, okay. long, but lean. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. Uh, maybe like a tighter diaper or some sort of a dick binding situation? Don't bind your kid's dick. Don't uh, do it. No, I would say, uh, I don't know, wrap that kid like a... Like a Christmas present. <laughs> just wrap them up. Wrap that shit up. In some, wrap some it up. absorbent sheets. I know. You take the sheets off the bed that he was going to wet anyway, and you wrap it around a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like a diaper toga. And then, to make it um, waterproof on the outside, mm-hmm. just tape it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just... Duct tape. Like rub yeah. his nose in it in the morning, and he'll be... <laughs> Stop doing it. <laughs> 
you know what's, baby. what's funny about this question is she told me this at a party and she actually had the exact right answer what i would tell her and what the internet would tell her yeah what is it put a diaper on forwards put a diaper on oh, backwards yeah. put underwear over top oh okay yeah. but she felt like she was binding him too much yeah that's fine so i think switch to the sheet and duct tape that's yeah perfect. Yeah. yeah or um just duct tape his hands together and then he can't reach his wiener Oh, Sarah's Dye. coming from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, yeah. Put like mittens on his hands. Coming from a different angle. <laughs> Put some mittens on him and duct tape the mittens on. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Some, so some... you're welcome. Okay. Also duct tape his mouth so he doesn't cry about his oh, stupid boy. duct tape. Now yeah. we're into abuse. Yeah. No, I think we've already traveled <laughs> far beyond abuse. <laughs> Don't come and take our kids away, please. Or, or go ahead. Take him for an afternoon, maybe Take a little like, while. A week would be one or two of Sarah's. Gonna... She still has a bunch. I still have so many. <laughs> my my brother brought a friend up for like my brother came up for a visit. He brought a friend, and uh, at one point, like all my kids were there, but then one kid was in the bathroom when they arrived, and Jacob was at school. So within ten minutes, the other kid comes out of the bathroom, and then I got Jacob off the bus, and the guy was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? Like, are all these kids yours?" I was like, "Yeah, they are." I don't know those last couple. Yeah, I don't know. Just Drifters. come on in. <laughs> they come the, and go as they please. At the grocery store, sometimes I like to pretend that my kids aren't my kids if they're being bad. And I just really loudly with Greg will be like, oh my God, whose children are these? They are so poorly behaved. Someone should come and deal with these children. It's like, oh my God, I know. And then people stop looking at us. So weird. I'm thinking of this time. I can't remember if you told me the story and it was so vivid in my mind that it feels like a real memory. <laughs> Or if I was there, where Jacob climbed in, it, this was a couple of years ago, so he was still like a toddler, but yeah. he climbed in behind the tower of dog food <gasps> by the front window <gasps> of the grocery store, oh and God. then all the staff were coming over and trying to like get him out of there. It was awful, because the tower of dog, it's like all up against the window at the front of the grocery store, right? And it's With like, enough space for a toddler. Just enough for mm. a toddler to slip behind. But it's like 10 feet high, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> a, like 30 feet A dangerous feet long. amount of dog food. And he wouldn't, like, he was just back there. And oh. I was already, like, I had the two other kids. People were crying. It was, like, temper tantrum fucking station. You know, I couldn't find my bank card. I had all this grocery. Like, it was just a fucking mess. And the whole staff was, like, trying to lure him out. And I was just like, fuck it. Did just he let him any... stay there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he I'm lives just going to go. So He's he had, yours now. He's got you a lifetime a small supply of dog, food. of dog food. He's fine. <laughs> For him. He loves it. Did so they give him one of those free cookies from the bakery? No, but that's the only reason we, the kids come to the grocery store now. And I release them. It's like we get in the grocery store and I'm like, they're like, like dogs. Like they're like jumping up in it. Can we, can we, can we go? Can we go? And I'm like, okay, everyone go. So and then they all run to the back of the store. Listeners, turns out that if your child goes to the bakery uh, desk, what do you call it, yeah. counter, and asks for a cookie, they just give them a cookie. Yeah, man. And they'll Ooh. fucking give you one, too. You can be like, and one for mom. And they're like, Ugh, all right. And they give you one anyway, even though they don't want it. Sometimes Tim's Hortons will give you a free Timbit for your dog. That's terrible because that's not good for dogs our i'd friend, rather feed it to my dogs <laughs> chocolate tidbit <laughs> our friend adam was here last night and he was saying he had a friend who used to go to tim hortons and she'd order a uh, donut and say can you throw it in for a quick five and they'd microwave it for five yeah. seconds totally always do that with an apple fritter mm. always every oh, time yeah, that's a good tasted anything until yeah. you fucking had a microwave apple fritter yeah. yeah man yeah man that's a thing life hack life hack hot fritter 
<laughs> is that your new favorite curse word? Hot fritter. Hot fritter. That's delicious. Son of a hot fritter. Son of a hot fritter. Uh, I actually have a life hack. Okay. Right. I learned yesterday from my little brother. Okay. Permanent marker. You know what gets rid of permanent marker? No. Children's tears. Children's tears when you rub their Parents face in tears, it. Parents' tears, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that, that just solidifies it. Right. Like right. It, it'll never come out. Uh, no, whiteboard markers. Okay. Anything that a permanent marker is on, I guess maybe besides cloth, but like walls or plastic or anything that's not cloth, yeah. you take a whiteboard marker and you scribble all over the permanent marker and then it just wipes off. Huh. I didn't even believe him and he was like... Pass me that permanent marker. And I was like, if you fucking, if this is on my wall forever, I'm going to fucking kill you, Connor. <laughs> and then I wrote, I was like, let me do it. And I wrote like, this does not work. And then he got the whiteboard thing and it just fucking wiped it right off. That's weird. He backed it working at Toys R Us. Back up. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so you wrote that on your wall? Yeah. <laughs> That's a real like free fall, Sarah. I know. That does I not, really trust, does not trust surprise fall. me. I really trust him. Does not surprise me. It doesn't surprise Chris. <laughs> I I paint on my walls and stuff. It's just a mm-hmm. wall. Self expression, man. Yep. In the basement it actually says S plus G on the wall. G's for granny. <laughs> Obviously. I love my <laughs> granny. Okay. Moving on. Um we're done with our questions. Boo, 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 Can you believe boo. it? I can hardly believe it. What can a ride. What a ride it. this has been. Chris, where can we find you? And Brook Valley Produce, which we haven't even plugged yet. Chris Whoa. is from Brook Valley Produce. Brook Valley Produce. Where can we find you? Yeah, okay. So on Facebook, you can look just for Brook Valley Produce. Um, and then on Instagram, it's at Brook Valley Produce. And you can find me personally on Twitter at Chris R. Chambers. Uh, and uh, Facebook, also Chris Chambers. You can see pictures of Chris outstanding in his field. Outstanding <laughs> in my field. He's outstanding in his field all the time. Literally. And standing. figuratively. And figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> figuratively just mediocre <laughs> <laughs> mediocre in his field that's just that's not a joke eating okra, okra in my field yeah. oh. I made okra last Medi- so. yeah. okra I made mediocre okra oh yeah I heard okra's gross it's not it's so good when Greek ladies like Kat's yeah. mom Kat who was on earlier her mom makes the best okra it like melts in your mouth it's so good I, I, I like it. like slimy overcooked okra in soups and stuff it's delicious yeah it's kind of like got a you're really selling slimy it, texture Chris. it's great oh yeah <laughs> yeah mm. it's like you're eating a bag of jellyfish oh my god <laughs> I suppose you like bubble tea too yeah, you probably uh, no, do. That, I love bubble it's, tea. The problem Ugh. there is it's got two textures and they're at odds with each other. What mm. about, hey, I have a question, it's like guys. like drinking backwash. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, okay, this has been the grossest episode Yay, ever for me, personally. Let's all Thanks, fart. Chris. No, no more farts. <laughs> um, coconut water, pulp or no pulp? Pulp. Uh, Pervert. I don't like coconut straight at all, but I guess no pulp. Excellent. Right yeah. answer. Not I just a called Melody fan. a pervert and pointed right at her. Face. I won't like Mel. How many things do I dislike food wise? Almost Everything. none. Nothing. Chris doesn't like anything unless he's grown it and prepared <laughs> it himself. Actually, 
I don't like coconut, though. That's one thing I don't he like. He thought he didn't like beets for years. That's thought he didn't so like good. cauliflower. Mm. Yep. Um, I did that cauliflower thing where you make mashed cauliflower. It was fucking delicious. Yeah. Have you ever hey, done it? Another life hack. Mash. Like, when you make your mashed potatoes, put like half cauliflower cauliflower you literally can't even taste it if you do Trick full you. cauliflower the texture's off but if yeah. you do like half cauliflower you like don't even oh i'll God. give you another life hack if you think you don't like something cook it in rendered pork fat you'll like mm-hmm. it or chicken fat mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you'll now like it so sarah where yeah. can we find you little right crew dot art art <laughs> on instagram i'm on facebook sarah Wright. yeah that's where you can find me where can i find you melody I am at melodystarkweather.ca, and all of my social media links are at the bottom of the page. And speaking of websites, go to our podcast website. Go to our website, guys. Check it out. All of the subscribe links, for the most part, are on the site. So you can go to the site, click on listen to the show, and then you can listen. You can scroll down to the bottom of the page, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff. You can do so much. And please rate us five stars on iTunes. Five stars, please. Please write us a favorable review. Yeah. Please yeah. do that. Or we'll unfriend you. I'll do it. Chris yeah. is going to do it. So, Greg's existentialism. What's he got to say What's about he gonna farming? Say? Mm-hmm. We're going to post it to Facebook. So, look for it. I'm usually a couple days late. So, a couple days after the podcast airs, yeah. look for yeah. Greg. And then let's we all might talk just about post Greg. We a video of him shirtless hammering a posts into the ground. I'm sure you guys will that. have Greg at some point in the near future. Yeah. Greg. No. 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 We keep oh, him in his box. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Amazing. Just kidding. We Bring all out Greg. the gimp. <laughs> it's just Greg. Bring out the Greg. Bring out the Greg. <laughs> oh my God, I'm Bruce Willis. Yes, you are. I yes. was going to say. Thanks. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, so here's Greg. Yeah. Like I just mm-hmm. had a little question. No big deal. Just occurred to me. Um, question is. Uh, what will it take to see meaningful change uh, in an industry as expansive as agriculture? When family farms are being bought up and replaced by colossal monocrop aberrations, when the same companies putting legal patents on seeds are producing and selling the deadly pesticides that will help those seeds to fruition, when the meat we put on our plates is raised and processed and nightmarish conditions that for many are beyond fathoming. Undoubtedly, the guiding principles that drive us at terrifying speeds away from any semblance of sustainability are concerned mainly with profit. And as we approach the chasm of food scarcity and environmental catastrophe that lies ahead, it behooves us to slow down and ask, are we being short-sighted? And can we really wait any longer to bring this discussion to the fore? The gods of capitalism don't operate in the realm of reason and accountability. So waiting for top-down change is a dead end. We have to support and advocate for good change where it is happening. The smaller farms that champion diversity, the important research being done in the face of climate change and dwindling resources, the proliferation of greenhouses and technology-driven operations that are bringing food production into urban centers and revealing countless other exciting possibilities. But we can't leave it all up to the farmers. They're busy keeping us fed and trying to eke out a living while they're at it. I'm afraid the brunt of the legwork will fall to us 
the consumer. We must demand change from our governing and regulatory bodies. We must reevaluate our habits and lifestyles and ask ourselves, is the way I eat sustainable? Where does my food come from? We must consider the implications of rampant excess and unprecedented waste. We in the developed world have so much at our fingertips these days. But what ultimately will be the cost? Thanks for stopping by, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sending us your questions. We really, really appreciate it a lot. We love it. You rock. You guys are all the best. You're all, all, all the best. From uh, Wishing you all the best. Hope you'll tune in to the next one. In two weeks, we're going to be bringing you Sean Yakimovich, naturopath with the mostest. Doesn't work. He's not a hostess. <laughs> naturopath with the sass. Acupuncturist really nice. with the... Puncture. No. No. He's so great. He's such a great guy. And we're going to dispel some myths about homeopathy and naturopathic medication. That stuff. The small intestine, right? These things are like meters long, all coiled up, right? Mm -hmm. These tubes in the intestinal tract. So if you you take the small intestine and kind of, you know, had it turn into like a flat sheet, like a rectangle. Yeah. The total surface area of just the small intestine, which is where most of our digestion and absorption of nutrients comes from, it's like the size of a tennis court. Shut the front door. So think about that. Just appreciate that size. It's like the size of a tennis court? That's like the the equivalent surface area that's then kind of turned into a tube with all these little folds on the inside. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Thanks so much. And remember... It's a jungle out there. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. Chambers. Mm. Back to your mic. Sorry, there was a chubby baby. I was pinching his cheeks.